Trying to tell your story to the world? MailChimp can help for free. They have got gorgeous pre-designed email templates. You can also code your own. I know people here code your own. They think that's going to be hard. Guess what? I'm a MailChimp user. It is not hard. They make it very easy, very intuitive. They will show you how to send, when you should send, why people open an email or click delete. They can also help you find your people Grow your business. MailChimp can help you tell your story effectively. Find people who care about that story. Okay, this has come from me. I've used MailChimp for many years before this podcast even existed. It's a good service. You can find out more at MailChimp.com. Hey, American Express card members, you don't want to miss this. Now, through December 31st, there is a big reason for you to shop small at local stores in your neighborhood. Learn more and enroll your eligible card today at AmericanExpress.com slash shop small offer. That is AmericanExpress.com slash shop small offer. Of course, all the terms apply and all that stuff, but go right now, check it out. Hey guys, it's Chris Gethard here from Beautiful Anonymous. So psyched that you're giving us a call. If you want to be on Beautiful Anonymous, we're going to try this out, see if it makes it a little easier than the random calls. Go ahead, leave a message. Let us know what story you'd like to tell if you ever got on the show. It can just be a few sentences long, less than a minute. Thanks a lot. Hello, world. It's time to check the answering machine. This is Beautiful Anonymous. One phone call, one hour. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Welcome everybody to Beautiful Anonymous, this is Chris Gathered here, happy to be here with you. As many of you know, it's difficult to get a call into this show, and I hear this all the time on, on Twitter, people tell me, but I'm telling you, when we post this number, literally hundreds of people call every time and only one gets through and I realize people on Twitter are saying you're missing my story I got this great story so we set up a little back door for the rest of you maniacs we got a voicemail box set up and we've gotten hundreds of messages from you guys thank you for leaving them and we have a whole team of uh, dedicated staff members listening which is that's not true it's just it's just Jared O'Connell he's uh he's putting in all the hard work for him on himself I can't even help because I'm not allowed to uh I'm not allowed to hear him so, to keep it totally anonymous, Jared finds a good message. He dials that person up for me. I don't know their names, nothing about them, their phone numbers. I am still totally blind. And I know some people have said, oh, that might kill the spontaneity. It might, but also we might get some really good stories about it, and we love experimentation here. So, we're going to call somebody in a minute. But first, here's a few messages that we got. Hey, um, I'm a 50-year-old Reiki master, just really starting out painter. Um, I'm the descendant of Danish pirate and Colombian witches and a black slave who bought her uh, who bought her freedom. Um, my dad was born in 1898, and my mom was 20 um, uh, when they got married because she was pregnant with me. Anyway, I'd love to be on your show. Thank you. Hey, Chris Gethard, or I guess producers of Beautiful Anonymous, or both. Uh, I just have an idea for the Chris Gethard show. I think that you should do a whole episode that's, like, just exotic animals, like some cheetahs and shit. I think that'd be a really good episode idea. I I mean, I would love to be on Beautiful Anonymous, but I just uh, had that idea, and I thought you should use it. But if you want to put me on Beautiful Anonymous, that'd be cool, too. Think about it. All right. See ya. Bye. 
Hey, Chris. I'm a uh, small-town police officer in North Dakota and with all the police stuff going on around the country. Uh, maybe we could talk about that. So uh, hopefully I get through. Thanks, Chris. Okay, you're now going to hear my conversation with that police officer. And I want to be clear, this is a divisive thing in the country these days. And I don't, you know, I think we can all agree. You'll hear this call. He's a good guy, very good guy. I I don't, I don't, all of us, everybody has passionate feelings about police officers right now. All I'm going to ask is listen to this guy, tell his story in his words, his opinions. He's sharing it with us. And, uh, and I know your divisive opinions may be brought to the surface uh, let's go ahead and hear what you all think of this conversation with this young police officer. I thank him for calling. I enjoyed the call a lot, and I'm sure all of you will walk away feeling uh, feeling like your 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 opinions have come to the surface. So enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you, Chris? I'm pretty good. Thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been I've been trying to get on the line for a while now and share that story with most people. Yeah, and and I should mention you're the you're the very first call. We, we I've heard so you know so much feedback from people who are like I've been trying to get through, trying to get through, and we actually set up a uh, a voicemail where people could let us know who they were and and what they wanted to talk about. You're the very first caller that we're. This is the first time this experiment is happening where we we use that to link up. It's our first non. <laughs> non-spontaneous call, which some people, of course, already online have been like, it'll take the spontaneity away, but we experiment, we try things, we evolve. So um, you're the first one. Hey, I, I like this because it, it, it gave me a chance when I might not have had a chance. So that's, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. No, I'm psyched. I'm psyched that you're, uh, you're doing it. And I, I, feel, I feel honored to be the first at something. <laughs> yeah. No matter how it goes, whether it's a success or a disaster, you were the first one. And that means something. <laughs> yeah, I, well, fuck, I hope it's not a disaster. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just wanted to, wanted to call in, and uh, I, I'm actually a very small-town police officer in, uh, in North Dakota up here. And uh, just wanted to talk to you because there's, there's a lot of shit going around about the police these days. And um, I, I just wanted to uh, maybe hopefully clear the air. I don't know. Um, but, uh, just talk to you and, and get your, uh, opinions, I guess, on, on police in America these days. Sure. Well, we can start there and it's, it's, you know, I would say, uh, first things first, thank you for calling. And I think this one's going to be really fascinating because this is a perspective that that I don't think a lot of us get to have um like one a one-on-one interaction about so thank you for that so I'll say you want my opinions on the on the on the police in 2016 is that I rely on police I I I uh I I trust in police in times of need I uh I, I certainly, I certainly do see in in my own neighborhood the positive effect growing up there were police officers that lived on my block I uh Grew up in a blue collar place, and I know the value of hardworking blue collar people and, and and police chief amongst them. I will say, I also live in New York City, where where some people have gotten famously killed, where things like stop and frisk exist. To and, and I think we're clearly uh, a violation. I think uh, I I do believe in a in Black Lives Matter, and I, I you know what I think too about that is I think like one of the uh, one of the things that goes unsaid is like. 
a lot of people say all lives matter. And it's like, yeah, of, of course all lives matter, but not all lives seem to be right. put on the line or, or maybe, you know, put at risk as often as, as black lives. But that's not a hashtag that, you know, that would take more than a hundred, like black lives matter <laughs> as much as all other lives. <laughs> yeah. And we should be protecting them more than we are right now is not a, a hashtag. So I will say on my end, this might be something that gets you mad. I, I personally, on, on my end, do get very concerned about the whole like blue wall of silence type thing. That that seems to be a very concerning thing to me. So that's kind of where I lie. That's where my uh, liberal New York City values land me. So why don't you tell me a little bit about where you're at? Well, I mean, I I actually almost 100% agree with you. Um, you know, I like I said in in North Dakota, um, as you could obviously tell from election maps, we're a very red state. Um, and I'm like a blue dot in a sea of red, uh, up here. And, uh, there aren't a whole lot of people that, that share, uh, liberal views up here, which is kind of scary, but I mean, I, I just want people to know because everyone seems to think nowadays that, all cops are just out to get them and they're, they lump everyone, all the cops into, uh, into the same boat when, um, that's, that's not the case. That's not the case for anyone out there. Um, whether you're a construction worker and a, and a dick doesn't mean all construction workers are assholes, but, uh, like all cops aren't racist bigots like our, possibly soon to be president, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, not not even possibly he's going to be a freaking president. That's scary. Yeah, but got to uh, start just saying it. He's the president. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Wait, but I imagine but, it also, uh, some of these conversations you have to have as a, as a police officer, I, ma- I imagine that also does change some of the ways you, ha- you have to think as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I, I like a lot of stuff on, on Facebook that's, that's cop oriented. And, uh, there's so many of these police Facebook pages that are like, now that he's in, hopefully things will change for the police. And I'm like, I, I would rather keep having people give me glares and stuff like that and see a country be shit. Cause I, I do love this country, but if this guy is gonna is gonna change stuff for police. I I stick it out for a little while and uh, have people still not like us for a bit because nobody's nobody's gonna overnight uh, like the police. That's been the case for decades. Nobody has not everyone has liked the police. You don't like them until you need them. You know a lot of people. Yeah. Um. But my thing is, like I said, all, all of us aren't, aren't racist assholes. And I try and in my job, um, try and treat everyone. I know this is probably cliche or hoity toity and like hippie, but, uh, I, I try and treat everyone with, with respect, um, when I'm dealing with them, whether or not I'm writing a citation or putting them in handcuffs and, uh, of, of all the people I've arrested. Um, I've, I think I've only had two that haven't shaken my hand and said, thanks, have a nice day. 
after I was done. Um, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a dick to you until I have to be until I have to get stern with people when they're not doing what they need to do. Um, and that's, that's just kind of the way I look at policing. I'm, I'm, I really like community oriented policing. I like to talk to people. I like, I like to have people know that uh, we'll be there if, if they need us and we'll be doing, doing patrols around their area just to make sure things are, are good. And a lot of people nowadays just don't even want to look in our general direction. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So I guess I, I will say too, the, 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 the anonymity factor of this podcast is, uh, it has maybe never come into play more because I feel like I can add, like the, the it's it's super nice of you to call in because the idea that I get to ask an active police officer about the state of things right now, um, I'm just gonna throw it all out yet at you if that's cool, and uh, absolutely man. So when you see, because you know, like you say, you're getting a lot of glares lately. A lot of people don't even want to look in the police's direction right now. There's not as much trust as there was even a small handful of years ago. Mm-hmm. I guess my first question is, as a police officer, like when you're in private and you see some of these incidents that have happened around the country, things like Ferguson and, you know, Eric Garner's, I mean, so many at this point, what's, what's your reaction yeah. as both a, you know, as a human being and a police officer when you're watching this footage? Cause so much of it, there's footage. Like, what do you think when you see it? Um, sadly, um, on the, a couple of the most recent ones. Sadly, my first reaction was shit again. Really, yeah. um, but I I'm a firm believer in with social media, and I, I I'm big on social media. I like getting likes, you know. Um, but <laughs> who doesn't, my dude? Who doesn't? You get them sweet likes. Yeah. Who doesn't love it? Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, the the shitty thing is with social media is uh, until because police police departments they can't they can't release all the information in an active investigation right away, and some people don't seem to understand that, and so when there's there's a shooting an officer involved shooting, whether or not you're black, you're white, Hispanic, any of that. Um, it's very, very one-sided and I understand that and people are going to form their own opinions, but in a lot of these, um, these recent shootings and stuff like that, especially the one that was, that was, I, I forget the, the victim's name, but the, the Facebook live one, um, I think it was from Minnesota. Um, that, that was very one-sided for the first few days because it was broadcast live on Facebook. He didn't know if, if that gentleman did have a gun or not and, and what the officer's commands were to him and stuff like that, um, at the, uh, at the scene on the traffic stop. Um, but my my personal opinion is uh, whether or not you're a police officer, if that, if that shooting was unjustified, you should be prosecuted. You are a murderer and you should be in jail. And that's, that goes the same for any American citizen. Um, but 
like I said, it's it's very one-sided until the department can do their investigation and and figure out all the circumstances to that shooting, all the evidence, uh, look at all the video, read all the reports, and then whether or not they declared a justified shooting um, within the department or it goes to court. That's that's what it has to do. And and I'm, I'll be the first one to say, if, if you have a shit shooting, I, I hope you get prosecuted because that, that can't fly. And I'd love to ask more about that because that, I mean, that's like, it's very, very good to hear you say that right away, like a shit shooting. What makes that, what, like, what, what make, like, cause I think here's the thing that's so distressing for many of us who aren't in your line of work because it's, 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 there's like a strange thing where intellectually I am aware you like on a very basic level, I'm aware you deal with crazy shit all the time. Like you do. It's just yeah. a fact. But like, as far as a shit shooting goes, like when you see some of these incidents that start with like a tail light out, like a routine traffic stop and ends right. with, and ends with someone dead Maybe you could just walk me through it, like, because it's just a little hard for me to comprehend, like, how things go from zero to 60 like that. So maybe you can walk me through this idea um, of a shit shooting. Like, what, 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 like, if point A is someone has a taillight out and I, I pull them over, what is the, what are the, mm-hmm. what's the chain of events that happens there that leads to someone dying? Because I think that's what's so hard for so many of us to comprehend is, like, this could have just been give this person a ticket and go on their way. And now somebody's dead and that's so mind boggling. So what is it? Like what? Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, you get it. You get um, it. Okay. Um, my, uh, here, I'll just quick give a personal example. There's, there's one night I was just, uh, I was on a highway up here and I was just, uh, running radar watching for speeders. And, uh, I usually, I usually give people about 10 miles per hour over, um, before I, even think about stopping them and writing us a citation. Nice. Um, Good to know. <laughs> Good but, to uh, know. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're in North Dakota around my area, just you're good with ten over. All right. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there was there was there was one night. Um, I actually had a ride along with me, and um, I was just trying to trying to make some some small stops, um, just write some warnings to kind of show them what, what goes on on a Saturday night. And, uh, I clocked this guy going 76 and a 70. I was just going to pull out, write him a warning. Um, and so I pull out and hit my lights and he keeps going. He's not, he's not speeding away, but he keeps going. And, uh, so he ends up turning into a, in a, a small approach, um, right off the highway. And, uh, he not stopping. He actually turns around the approach turned into a, a small farmstead. Um, and there was no way out of there. So he turns around and I notice um, from his, the inside of his car, he, he's looking at me and it looks like he's yelling. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so, he turns back around, goes back out to the highway and then just guns it, takes off. And so I, I pursued him and he ended up ditching, 
drugs out of the car as, as he was driving away. Um, and he ended up pulling over. Um, I hopped out because when we have someone flee from us, at least in my department and around this area, um, it's different with different departments, different department policies, whether or not to pursue, how to handle uh, the stop after they do flee, um, whether or not you draw your gun, all that stuff. Um, but we call it a felony stop. Um, and he ended up pulling over after he fled from me for like a mile or two. So I hop out, I grab my PA mic and I'm giving him commands to, to shut the vehicle off, stick his hands out the, out the window. And, uh, he, he's yelling back at me. Um, and then he just ends up taking off again. So I hop back in my car and I take off after him and another couple miles down the road, he pulls over again and I pull up to him and, uh, he's got his keys hanging out the driver's side window. I'm like, okay. So he's giving up. I tell him to throw his keys on his hood. Um, and I'm, I should have mentioned, I, I also called for other units to show up because in a situation like this, you, you don't know if, if this guy, he's running. You don't know if he's going to try and make a stand. You don't know why he's running. You don't know what's in that car. Um, weapon wise, uh, drug wise. Um, but I, have other units on the way and uh he throws his keys on the hood and uh, i get him out of the car walking backwards to the sound of my voice and uh, i get him to lay down on the ground um and like i said i've, I've still got my ride along with me so i gotta make sure that he's safe um and uh so i get him laid down laid out on the ground and I, i'm asking this guy while he's laid down while i'm waiting for other units to show up why are you running do you have a warrant? And he said, yeah, I think so. Um, I said, okay, well, we could have figured that out pretty easy instead of you running and possibly getting yourself or me killed. And he's really not wanting to talk much because he's kind of laying on a highway at the moment. But uh, um, I get another unit to show up, a highway patrol unit, and uh, he sees the other unit pull up and he looks back is probably the funniest thing uh, I've seen on a dash cam, but he looks back and he sees the highway patrol just jumps up, yells, this is bullshit. And then runs back to his car um, in a very animated fashion, but he forgot that he threw his keys on his hood. <laughs> and so he hops, hops back in his car and goes to drive away. Now he can't fucking go anywhere. His keys are on his hood. So, we ended up getting him in cuffs and stuff like that. Turns out he, he did have a warrant. Um, he had some meth in the car. Um, he ditched pills and stuff out the, out the window of his car when he was fleeing from me. Um, so it with something like that, see, that was, that was six mile per hour over the, the speed limit and turned into a pursuit with a, with a drug bust and, um, so you never know what something's going to turn into when you when you go to stop someone. You don't know if if it's going to be a drunk driver. If you stop them for a taillight out, you just you, you never know when you're walking up to a car that you stopped what that's going to turn into. Sure, sure. And that's and that's that's 
a very scary part of the job. Yeah, um, and it's it, that you don't you. Oh no, go, go for ahead. it. Um, I, I was just going to say you don't you don't know if as you're walking up to that to that driver's side window if they're because I've seen plenty of, of videos where officers do a do a stop and they walk up to the window and just get shot and there there is no no provocation or anything like that um, with with officer yelling at them or saying they're under arrest or anything like that it's just a stop for a taillight out, like you said, and they walk up to the window and bam, they're, they're getting shot in the, in the vest or in the leg or in the, in the head. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's, that's a big thing. Like you asked, um, with, if you stop someone for a taillight out and shit escalates, um, zero to 60 in, in just a, a minute or two, um, because, that's that's just how it goes. That's, sure. that's the reality of it. And I'm so well aware, like I'm a comedian, like there is a truly minuscule chance that I'm ever going to get killed doing my job. And I, I want to be clear, like, because also I'll give you credit too, because I think you know, like, and you're saying you are you are a, a blue dot in the middle of a red state. I think you also, if you've listened to the show, you know, like you are calling a very liberal guy who lives in the uh, in the progressive bastion of of New York City. So I also know you oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know I have a lot of you know I have a lot of questions. So here's the thing, because I get I, so many questions, so many questions. Because I think I think anyone listening, <laughs> anyone listening with half a brain would agree. Yeah, if you go to pull someone over and the lights go on and the person takes off, and then you get up to them and you see that they're like yelling to no one in the car, then yeah, I think anybody mm-hmm. listening is going to go, yeah, man, like. Of course, like be ready because it might be go time. But so what's the, because I think even and when you say like you've seen so many videos of cops getting killed, I'll say this. I don't, I don't know the statistics because the videos I see, I, I, I have seen more videos of, of uh, unarmed people getting killed. And I don't know, maybe, maybe. No, I don't, I, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And also. Because here, like, I guess my question is, like, hearing about the situation you just described, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's a person who sounds like they're unhinged. You're dealing with a person who's unhinged. Yeah. You have to be careful. But then, you know, you see some, like, I think one of the videos for me that was, that was most concerning was, I, I remember seeing one of a man who was in a car being tased. And then, and then they found out that he was having a seizure, I believe. He was actually having a medical problem. And to yep, me, it's like I, I remember that one. So to me, I, I would just love your perspective on that because the situation you described, where somebody who's on meth takes off running, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. you watch them behaving erratically, yeah, I get it. That's that's why I call the cops to help people like that to stop from running yeah. running over well, people on my block, killing me. But then a guy <laughs> guy having a seizure who gets tased, it's it's hard it's hard to watch that video as a regular citizen and wonder in what world is that. In what world does that happen? In what in what world does that person not get an yeah. ambulance instead of a taser? Just asked a tough question, and we're about to get an honest answer. But before we do, we do have to pause and remember that our sponsors are what allow us to bring you this show for free. I also want to encourage you, stay tuned at the end of this episode. We have a special preview of the new upcoming Earwolf Show Stranglers true crime series, all about the Boston Strangler, one of the most fascinating cases. So definitely stick around, check that out, true crime fans. You're going to love it. 
tell you guys, I've been hitting the gym a lot lately. I'm really trying to, for the first time in my life, I'm really trying to get fit. And But you know what? People are really crazy about it, obsessed. I see these people, these kids, I'm not going to, I'm never going to have a ton of muscles. I'm just trying to live a little longer so I can hang out with my cool wife a few extra years. You see all these people, crazy, obsessed with it. It's like there's uh, there are all these programs we all know about them. They're creating a monopoly over working out, okay? But now there is finally a fitness tracker for everybody. The Huawei Fit is changing the way normal people like you and me work out, okay? It is a fitness watch for everybody. I don't care what shape, size, age, experience level you are. It's lightweight. It's stylish. It pairs and fits with every part of your life. You can exercise scientifically without being weighed down by your phone, Gives you custom exercise plans, real-time guidance, training analysis, heart rate monitoring, sleep tracking, multi-sport mode. It's running, swimming, cycling, training, walking, more. It's got everything, okay? And smart notifications, just like the other smartwatches you've seen. This is very important, okay? It's got caller ID on it. You can see your texts, your social networks, your calendar alerts. Really helps you not rely on your phone, not have to stop working out to keep checking your phone, okay? It's also got a super long battery life. It's got a six-day working time. Enhance your sports and fitness experience without breaking the bank or compromising who you are. Visit Huawei.fit slash anonymous people now to purchase your Huawei Fit and start creating your own beautiful workout stories. That's H-U-A-W-E-I dot fit slash anonymous people. Huawei.fit, H-U-A-W-E-I dot fit slash anonymous people. You ever been to a party? And then you, you just don't say anything. You just stand in the corner. You're all nervous. Or or you ever go to a meeting and you have this thing that you know really applies, but you get too nervous to say it, and then you just beat yourself up all day. You're regretting it later. Well, I'll tell you, 30 million Americans suffer from social anxiety at some point in their lifetime. It's happened to me. I am very vocal about a lot of my struggles with 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 uh, with, with many issues, and amongst them, anxiety. I, I, I remember. I remember my my girlfriend in college. She knew if I were out and we're in public and at a party, I start rubbing my legs, shifting around. She got to get me out of there. About to melt down. That anxiety is hitting. I wish Joyable had been around then. Joyable's online program has helped thousands of clients overcome social anxiety. Joyable uses cognitive behavioral therapy, the leading treatment for social anxiety, according to. All the major authorities, and I can tell you, the shrink I've been seeing for nine years uh, has a background in cognitive behavioral therapy, and it did work for me. You get paired with a coach who is your partner through the program. They help tailor the program to your specific needs, keep you motivated and on track. It's available anywhere, anytime. You can access it from the comfort and privacy of your home. 93% of joyable clients see a decline in their social anxiety after completing the 12-week online program. This program is $25 a week after a free seven-day trial, so about as much as you spend on coffee or takeout or night at the bar. It's only 11% the average cost of therapy, but for our listeners, there's a special offer. If you go to joyable.com slash beautiful, you'll get an additional week completely free. That's joyable, J-O-Y-A-B-L-E, joyable.com slash beautiful. Thanks so much to all the sponsors who allow Beautiful Anonymous to happen, and now, get back in what world does that happen and what in what world does that person not get an yeah. ambulance instead of a taser there are plenty of cops out there who because they've seen too many fucking videos of i, I mean I, like i said i'll watch the videos but i don't let it really get to me um i'll i'll watch the videos and i'll, I'll learn from those videos like oh don't do that um, but there are so many officers who 
watch videos and stuff like that, hear, hear war stories and, and scary situations. And they're so on edge all the time that they should have no business being in law enforcement um, because they're either, they have a, a bad attitude there. They think their badge is as big as their head and they're cocky and they think their shit don't stink or they're officers who are just scared all the time. And so they, they feel like they have to ramp the situation up um, before the other person can. And that's not anybody that should be a cop. Um, they're like with the, the tasing video you were just talking about. Um, yeah, that, that officer should have checked out because at least I did. I got trained. I know what someone's seizing looks like. I've, I've been to plenty of medical calls where there's this local girl in my town who has epilepsy and she's always having a seizure. And I, I've been there probably 15 times and, uh, I, I know what a seizure looks like. And if you don't know what a seizure looks like, YouTube seizure, because fucking, it's not, it's not a weird thing to, to, uh, look up or, well, it might be a weird thing to look up, but it's not, it's not an uncommon, it's not an, it's not an uncommon thing. You should know what a seizure looks like. Um, but if someone's, if someone's obviously not listening to your commands to either roll down the window or get out of the vehicle, there might be something else going on other than just not listening to you. If you can tell that they're not reaching around looking for a weapon or something like that, there might be something else going on. I remember this summer, um, in another agency near, near my area, there was, there was a woman in a car having a seizure and they didn't, they didn't, they realized that she was having a fucking seizure. So they, they actually broke out her car window because they couldn't get to her. Um, cause the door was locked and they got the ambulance there. She got transported and she was okay. But, like I said, there, there are a lot of officers who just, they take it from zero to 60 in 0.5 seconds because they're scared. And it's, that's not how you do this job. That is, that is unacceptable. And I wholeheartedly believe that they wholeheartedly believe that they should not be. I wonder if they Sorry to interrupt, because that's. I think it's a beautiful thing to hear that that you do believe that. Because I do think that I do. I do think from the outside, especially, you know, especially for a lot of us who are on the most liberal end, it does feel like cops do sort of protect each other over all else, and that's a a pretty scary thought. Um, that makes yeah. it feel like a no, thing that yeah, festers. Yeah. Uh, well, I was watching. I was watching Bill Maher. Um, uh, a while ago, and he said this thin blue, thin blue line mentality has to stop. And in a sense, I agree. Um, not enough officers are are willing to say that a cop did something shitty, and that's because they don't want to be either labeled anti-police as a police officer, or they don't want to be, if it's interdepartmental, they don't want to be 
labeled like a snitch or something like that. And I've told, I've told my chief with other officers that I work with, if, if they're doing something wrong, I'm going to say something to them and I'm going to bring it up to you because I'd rather have them not like me because of me saying something shitty that they did than have me, them, or someone that we're dealing with get hurt or killed. And I know a lot of, probably anyone listening to this call, there a lot of cops, if they are listening, are going to fucking hate me for, for some of the stuff I'm saying, but that I'm in no way speaking for all officers, obviously. Uh, this is all my personal opinion. And I just, I just think this is, I don't want to say I'm right and other people are wrong, but that's just what I believe. A lot of the policing that's been going on isn't, isn't right. It shouldn't, shouldn't be going this way. People should, people should feel a, a sense of relief if we show up to help them not worry about going to jail um, for something they didn't do. I mean, you should worry about going to jail if you have a warrant or something like that, because you have a warrant and it's my job to, to arrest you for that warrant. I just, it's my job to enforce the law. Yeah. And I, whether or not I like the law, I have to do my job is, is the, is the thing. Because I, I truly, I truly love my job. I want to keep my job. And at least in North Dakota, I don't know about other places, but like, I don't know if you know about the whole Standing Rock oil thing. That's yeah. Going on yeah. Um, there's, there's a, a lot, a lot, a lot of cops down there um, for the protests and stuff like that. And everyone's pissed off at the police down there. They, they don't want to arrest you for doing nothing, but they have to do their job. In North Dakota, if, if a, a public servant refuses to, refuses to do their job, it's, it's a B misdemeanor, and you, you can be arrested for that. Um, so they're, they're down there to do their job. They may, they may not like it, but they have to do their job, you know? Yeah. And I have I have so many questions. Oh, I wish this episode was three, ti- three times as long as this. So let's just let me get the big one out of the way. Let me just get the most uncomfortable question out of the way, just on a very on a very basic level. Because because I'll say this too. Like even hearing you say a lot of these incidents, these cops should be fired. Is like mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's almost sad to me to say that. That's like very heartwarming to hear. And even hearing you say something like other cops listening to this might be pissed off at me for even saying this much, it's like okay, I'm I'm talking with someone who's realistic and 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 good hearted, and also just knowing that you and I are just having a conversation, but you're aware people would hear even a conversation that's this light and get pissed off at it. It says says so much about about the culture of it. But just to get the big, yeah, very uncomfortable question out of the way, just mm-hmm. from the inside. Because I'll tell you from the outside, it really looks like this. From the inside, does it feel to you like when people are a different color, 
that co- that 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 oftentimes cops are reacting differently than them. Like I'll never forget, never ever forget. One of my my best friends from college, a roommate of mine, a good friend of mine to this day, my friend Tarek, happens to be African American, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember once getting pulled over, and he was in the passenger seat of my car, and the officer was very very nice, very laid back. And then he noticed that there was a black friend of mine in the passenger seat, and the whole tone changed. And there was a flashlight, and it didn't go in my face. I was the one speeding. It went in my friend's face. He was sitting in the passenger right. seat of the car, and he's got a flashlight in his eyes. I was driving the car. I never mm-hmm. forgot that. And uh, yep. it was so clearly a reaction no, I, to his race. Yep. No, I, I do. I, I do think that, that that's definitely a thing. You can't, you can't deny that that's a thing. Um, and... It's shitty, it's sad, but it's a reality um, that many, many, many officers in this country, they're, whether you've got three black people in a car and one white guy or three white guys in a car and one black guy, they're, they're going to be looking at, at the African-American. Um, and I don't know why that is, um, but it's the reality and it's shitty and it needs to change. But I sadly, I don't think it's gonna in anytime soon. Um, which like I said, it needs to, but, um, I, there was, oh, I'm trying to think how long ago it was, it was either a, a few months ago to a year, but, um, when all this stuff, really started blowing up um, with officer-involved shootings and stuff like that. I remember that I pulled the car over for speeding, and uh, there were um, we have a military base up here, and there were three um, African-American men in the car, and they were from the, the military base, and um, I smelled marijuana in the car and I was going to deal with it, but I was like, they're three black men and I don't want to be labeled as a racist and, and a bigot because I'm searching this car for marijuana that three black men may have because I'm a white cop in, like I said, a very red state and I don't want to be that stereotypical racist officer, which I'm not, but it, that fear of being that officer made me just write him a warning and let him be. And I, I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want to give the impression that I'm anti marijuana at all. We just passed the, the medical marijuana in North Dakota and I'm, I couldn't be happier about that. I used to be a huge pothead. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I 100% believe that, that weed should be legalized because one, I don't want to deal with it when I'm working because I, I, I think it's, it's fucking stupid when I have to arrest someone for an eighth of weed, um, and take him, take him into the jail. It's stupid. It's not going to hurt you. Um, but like I said, I have to do my job, but in that instance with the three black men, it, 
it scared me from doing my job because I didn't want, I didn't want to become a news story in that situation. And I've got a, a another, uh, I've got a coworker who is deathly terrified of being a news story. And so that has, that has really impeded him in making good decisions on the job. And that's a, that's shitty because he's been, excuse me, he's been in a couple situations where he could have very easily, he didn't have the awareness around him because he was so afraid of becoming a news story that he, he could have gotten himself killed a couple of times. And that's a real shitty situation. So even, um, even for the good cops who are in, in the culture of policing right now, trying to wrap your head around how to handle this, how to handle the state of things, how to handle people's perceptions of you is also mm-hmm. in a, in a way, even good cops, it's, it's, putting you in, in, in danger in the sense that it's affecting all your decisions and it's fa- affecting judgment. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, I have a basic question. Here's the thing I just don't know. Like, what's it like, as far as like uh, a department, like, uh, like I know like, well, how long are your shifts? How long, like, how, what are the rules? Like, I know airline pilots can only fly so many hours out of a certain segment <laughs> of the week. Like, you know, PTSD treatment in, in certain profession, um, professions. Like, do you, do you guys have right. stuff like, like, are there rules and regulations as to that? Like, how do we get, because a lot of these times you watch these videos and you're just like, chill the fuck, just like be chill. Just like, I hate to reduce it to that, but it's yeah. like, just be nicer and chill. Just like, calm down. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, no, I, at least in my department, like I said, I, we're a very small department. Um, the, the town I'm in, it's, it's, it's technically a, a suburb of a larger town, um, but it's, it's its own separate town. It's only about a thousand people we've got, uh, including me four, including me and then the, the chief. Um, we've got four full-time officers out. Um, but it's, uh, our shifts are eight hour shifts. Um, so they're, they're just a normal work day. Um, but sometimes, sometimes we'll have a 10 hour or a 12 hour, depending on like if it's Halloween or new year's or shit like that. Um, and then sometimes if, if towards the end of our shift, if we have, a, a call or we get involved in something, um, it could turn into a 16, 18 hour shift, just doing an, an investigation and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's, you really don't know what you're going to be working, um, whether or not you're going to do your normal eight hours or if something's going to hit at the end of your shift and you're going to have to work another eight. Yeah. And when you're, when it does turn into a situation where all of a sudden you've been there for 14 hours, I would have to imagine mm-hmm. a traffic stop when you haven't slept and maybe haven't eaten, you've been dealing with a bunch of unexpected stuff. Yeah. It just seems like it's prone to more, the likelihood that something goes wrong there increases. I would have to imagine. Right. But you gotta, you gotta be aware of that. You gotta realize, Oh, I'm having a shitty day. I'm, I'm tired. I'm hungry. And you have to, you have to be aware of that and not, 
do something stupid. If someone's being a dick to you, like not wanting to give you their license or, and stuff like that, you got to be aware and just be polite, treat them like a human being. Whether or not they're treating you like a human being, we're held to a higher standard and we have to uphold a public face and we need to, we need to be polite. And, and when I want something from you, I'm going to work at it to get it from you, whether or not it's your license or your hands behind your back. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to do that the right way. Yeah. And like, like that story I told you earlier about the guy who, uh, fled for me and stuff like that. By the end of the night, as I was dropping him off at the jail, I shook his hand and I said, Hey man, good luck on everything. And he said, I appreciate it, man. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he made some shitty decisions. He was addicted to some, some shitty stuff. Um, and, but he's, he's got to fix his life. And I, I went to court with him. Um, he had a court date and I was talking to him there. I was like, Hey man, how's it going? Are you getting stuff figured out? And he was like, yeah, I, I kind of hope that, that this will get me straightened out. And whether or not it does, it, it it's not going to affect me, but I really hope it does. So I don't have to see him again and be like, come on, man. Yeah. Why, why am I out here dealing with you again? But like I said, that him, I shook his hand that night and, and he, he thanked me and I've had other people that I've, I've just taken in on, on warrants and stuff like that. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a huge point of pride for me and I, it makes me feel really good. I've had a couple of people say, Hey, how long have you been a, been a cop? And I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't been a cop that long. It's been about two and a half years. Um, and they're like, well, I've dealt with a lot of cops and you're, you're a good guy, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it, I, it makes me feel great to hear people say that, especially if I've got them handcuffed in the back of my car because I'm doing something right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, because let me ask you this because, you know, listening to you speak, I, uh, mm-hmm. I think everybody, I think everybody listening to this, would, any, any, anyone with a rational mind would say, this is a good guy. Good intentions, trying to oh, do things the right that. way. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I'll say this too because, I, I mean, I think you have picked up on this. My my general inclination, um, living where I do, having the values that I do, is over the past few years to be very, very wary of, of police. But I also will say, I am also mm-hmm. very, very against you know people on uh, people on my side of the fence also having a knee jerk. All cops are to be distrusted or, or hated. I, I don't think that gets anyone anywhere. So. As someone who is right. who is as someone who clearly puts a lot of thought into into his job and the role of his job, how would you suggest? And maybe this is you might even be able to say, you know what, I'm I'm part of a small force in North Dakota. I don't know if that's for me, but for me to answer that that's totally valid as well. But how would you suggest that mm-hmm. people like me, or even more importantly, people who are who are of you know of ethnicities that I think are clearly um, being targeted right now, at least to some degree, or, right. or at the very least treated unfairly, if not outright targeted, how would you suggest people deal with the 
with the not great cops, with the aggressive cops, with the people. Because in New York, I'll tell you, I'm not trying to. I am not trying to paint anyone with a brush, but even I, as a as a 36 year old white guy who is generally a quiet person, I have been in situations where where you'll see NYPD cops show up, and it's a very macho, tough guy, loud, in your yep. face, brash thing, and it does not create a tone where anyone wants to cooperate with this human being, whether they have a uniform on or not. It is scary. So, from the perspective of someone yep. who clearly has a good heart. How would you recommend the rest of us deal with the the ones who don't have such a good heart? That's a question that I bet was on some of our minds. Let's everybody take a breath as we think about our own answer, and then we'll get back and hear our caller's answer. In the meantime, some sponsors, some products, some services that allow us to bring you this show. Every night I go to bed on a Casper mattress. This is very true about me. I am I'm lucky to have this Casper mattress. It is it's legit. It is legit. If you've been listening to these ads, you're wondering, is it really as good as they're claiming? It is. I sleep on one. And my wife, she has said, I don't think I will ever sleep on another brand of mattress that came out of her mouth. That is a serious statement, okay? She's got strong firm opinion. She's a strong lady. She doesn't say like say things like that, nilly willy. Look, Casper. There is an in-house team of engineers. They have spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines springy latex, supportive memory foams for a sleep surface. It's got just the right sink, just the right bounce. It's breathable, regulates your temperature, and so reasonable. Mattresses, they can cost you an arm and a leg, over 1500 bucks. Casper mattresses, $500 for a twin size, 750 full, 850 queen, 950 king. And it's convenient, okay? They drop it off. They send it to you in this box. You open up the box. It's cool. It unfolds itself. And you get a 100-night home trial after that. And if you don't love it, they will actually pick it up. They'll refund you. They understand. Casper's a good company. They understand the importance of actually sleeping on this thing before you commit to it. That is real customer service. Do not forget, Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Don't forget that there's free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada Try it 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund you. Obsessively engineered. Don't forget about those memory foams. This thing is for real. It's made in America. Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com beautiful. Use the offer code beautiful. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks so much to all of the advertisers that allow this show to happen. And now let's get back to the phone call. How would you recommend the rest of us deal with the the ones who don't have such a good heart? Um, sadly, the the probably the best way to deal with them is I know it's fucking hard to. I I wouldn't want to. I absolutely not. But just cooperate with them. That's going to be the easiest way. If they're going to be a complete prick and asshole and like I said, think their badge is as big as their head and, and just be arrogant. They're, they're coming into that situation trying to dominate it and, and trying to scare you into submission to do what they want you to do. And you're not going to change their mentality. That's Those are the shitty officers that when someone doesn't do a, a simple request from them, they're going to go hand take you to the ground and say, well, I told you to give me your license. Go fuck yourself, guy. But the, the sad reality is to not have to deal with that is just to, just to do what they say 
and I, I wish, I wish there was a different answer. I really do, but just cooperate with them. It really, and, it's such a bummer. Yeah. That is the truth. Like, just do what you have to do to not get fucking killed or beat up, huh? Like, that is really what it comes down to. I know. So what, like, is, yeah. is there, is there, because again, again, I don't know, because I also am aware, I think I just read yesterday, like, New York if New York City was its own country, apparently our police force would be, like, the eighth largest army in the world. So that is, it is different than, <laughs> than, than where you're at. But here's a question I have is, like, and this one breaks my heart, is, like, why, why are the bad cops so protected? You know what I mean? You said you agreed to some degree with Bill Maher bringing this up, and I haven't done I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and claim I know anything, but, like, why? Because mm-hmm. here's a question, and this, uh, this is, like, a brutal question, and I'm not trying to offend. I'm not trying to offend at all. The last thing I'm saying is I want to— hey, I, I don't get offended, Chris. Good, good, good. Don't worry. <laughs> because I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. The last thing I'm saying is I want a, a police officer to get killed. It's not at all what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but there's, like, this weird math thing, which is, like— I don't want to see anybody get killed. Right. But it's like, if you look at, if you look at, it's, it's kind of like, I, I hate to say this, but it's like, I, the, the, the last thing I want to see is an innocent person get killed. And it almost mm. seems like in, in this, everyone protecting each other and, 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 and teaming up against criticism, it's almost like saying innocent people's lives have to be sacrificed if it means cops don't kill, get killed, and, and, and again, not trying to be callous with this at all, isn't that part of the job yeah. when you put on a badge and you pick yeah. up a gun that you might get killed? And isn't it, if we're ranking it, isn't it like, yes, someone with an evil intent who might murder an innocent person or a cop, yeah, if that person dies, we can all accept that. But then if you're looking at mm-hmm. innocent people and cops, isn't it just mathematically, and speaking again, I don't want to offend, but like, aren't cops going to sometimes get killed? And isn't that part of what you know going into it? And that's also part of why you're heroes. That's, I'm not going to get killed. I'm also not a fucking hero and nobody should ever say I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, isn't that part of the yeah, gig? No, and, and isn't the justification absolutely. of we don't want cops getting killed? Like, it just, it just seems like such backwards oh, logic. I don't know. It's a reality. It's, it's a reality. It's going to, I wear a bulletproof vest for a fucking reason. I don't, I don't go out there thinking, Oh, they're going to be shooting maybe with paintball guns. I don't need this. No fucking it's, it's a very real reality that I could one day get shot. And I don't want to say I'm okay with that, but I'm kind of okay with that. You know, (laughs) Uh, if, if, uh, (laughs) I know it's fucked up. Um, but if, if it, if it's, to protect someone that can't protect themselves or something like that. And like I said earlier, this is fucking like hippie bullshit, but it, I, I really do. I got into the job because I, I want to help people and I want to, I want to enforce the law and I, I, I love my job, but it is a reality that I could get shot. I'm going to do everything that I can not to, but it might happen. And I've, I've accepted that I'll fight until I can't anymore to, to not die, but it could happen. It's, it's the same thing with 
soldier our soldiers going overseas and you're like you don't expect all of them to come home and I don't understand why departments around the country I mean you don't you don't want, you don't want to see an officer get killed you really don't but never it could happen. never that's not what I'm saying so just like no, oh I, I don't I don't think you're saying that Chris I, yeah. I hope I wasn't given that no impression. not at all you and I are being I think we I think you and me we got a real good vibe going I think we get each other I think I just wonder <laughs> why I think I just wonder why like why it, it, I think I think even more than watching bad cops kill innocent people on video and on Facebook live I think even mm-hmm. more than seeing the bad cops kill people seeing the good cops protect them scares us even more from the outside. Like seeing that the police, like you see the police union and I believe in unions in a big way too, but you see that the police union it seems like shooting happens. Nope. We're going to get the cops back. That, that creates just as much, much distrust feeling like the bad cops are going to get put on desk duty instead of in jail. That's really scary. No, absolutely. If I, I, I want to, if I had an unjustified shooting, if I fucked up big, and that's that's not just a big fuck up. If I shoot someone I wasn't supposed to fucking shoot, it's, I should 100% get fired. I should be in court. I I will, depending on, because I, 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 this is hard to say, but I, I can't, I can't hypothetically give a situation where I shoot someone because I don't want to fucking do that. So I'm, I'm just saying, if if that were to happen, even if if I was shooting at a guy that was shooting at me, and one of my bullets went stray and hit someone by accident, I will 100% accept the consequences of that because that's my fault in not being aware of my surroundings. But I think that these cops who are who are being involved in these shootings that 100% are unjustified. They need to be fired. They need to be prosecuted. And it's scary. Like you said, that there are departments who aren't doing that because they're too busy with public image, as opposed to worrying about the public image of if you keep what is a murderer on your department. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. Because, I mean, you even said, like, saying something like that, there's probably other law enforcement people who might be mad at you if they hear this. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the logic? What's the logic in getting mad at saying someone who has an itchy trigger finger shouldn't have a gun? Like, why is that, why is that something that people get mad about? That's a, a, a really I, hard thing for I me to fathom. Know. Because yeah. people are dumb, Chris. <laughs> it always comes back people around to that, stupid. doesn't it? It always comes back around to that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> people are fucking it's dumb. out of my mouth every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what, yeah, what made you, you, you uh, used to be a pothead? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I used to be I used to be a big old pothead. I bet when you were as my friend Gary says, when you were getting cheebed up, did you ever imagine that you'd be a cop someday? 
Um, no, well, I don't know. Um, I, I saw that movie. I, I used to work at a movie theater and, uh, that's, that's the perfect job to get stoned. Um, so anybody out there listening that wants to work in a movie theater and get high, it's a really easy job. But, uh, <laughs> I, I saw that, I saw the movie end of watch. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you ever saw it. I think, wait, who's in that one? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Michael Pena. Yeah, and it's kind of shot like like on the ground style. I like that flick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that movie. One of my favorite things about police is, is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's opening monologue in that movie. I mean, you should go check it out after we're off the phone. But no, I, I, was, I was a big old pothead. I was... Uh, 18, 19, working at the working at a movie theater, and I saw that movie, and I was like, "Oh man, that'd be that'd be a fucking great job." And then, um, <laughs> so and you then were, I, uh, so I kinda, it is fair to say you were you were first inspired to be a police officer while actively breaking the law, while while high. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I love that. And like, like I like I said, I fucking I could care less about people having marijuana and stuff like that, but I, I gotta, I gotta do my job, yeah, man. For but sure. anyway, I, uh, I, I was, I would watch that movie and I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. And I, it just kind of planted the seed in the back of my head. Like, Oh, you maybe think about being a cop because you don't want to work at a fucking movie theater for the rest of your life. Um, and something weird happened. I'm not sure how long after I saw the movie or something like that, but it was my first day, um, being in a, in a, um, supervisor position at the theater and uh, the phone call, uh, the phone rings there and it's some dude saying that he's going to come to the theater and start shooting. And Whoa. this was, yeah, this is the end of 2012. And so the Aurora mm-hmm. shooting had happened that, that year. And I was like, okay. Um, and I, I said to the guy on the phone, uh, can you hold on a sec? He goes, yeah. (laughs) 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 Fucking dumb. Long story short, he he wasn't in the country. He was, I think he was trying to get, I don't know, free popcorn. I don't give a shit. But, um, so I, I I put the phone down and, uh, and I went and got my, uh, manager and I was like, Hey, uh, there's a guy on the phone says he's going to come come shoot the theater. You might want to take the call. Um, and so he, he picks up the phone in the office and I go back out to the, out to the box office and I go to hang up the phone because they're on the same line. It's like back in the nineties when you had yeah. a phone call. But, uh, so I go to hang up the phone. He hadn't picked up the phone in the office yet. So I hung up on the guy. <laughs> Dude calls back. Dude calls back. And, uh, just keeps talking about how he's apparently planted bombs in the theater and stuff like that. And it, it, he was going to be there 15 minutes and just start shooting. And we, we were in a mall our, our movie theater is in a mall. And, uh, and so we were like freaking out and uh, rightfully because Aurora had just happened and we're in a fucking movie theater. And uh, so me and my other, supervisor we get everyone evacuated from the theater they're like what's going on we're just like get get out please um and our local police department 
I'm on the phone with 911 letting them know what's going on. And like I said, I'm, I think I'm 19 and, uh, I'm just standing out in the hallway of the mall. Like my heart's thumping and scared and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this guy's going to walk around a corner with guns and start shooting and I'm scared shitless. And then I see a badge come around the corner and the feeling of relief that washed over me. I just, I felt so, I felt safe. And I was thinking about that in, in the days afterwards. And and that turned out to be nothing. Like I said, the guy was calling from, from somewhere overseas. I don't know what his plan was, but uh, (laughs) um, it was dumb, but people are dumb, Chris. Um, And, uh, but I was thinking about it over the next couple of days. And I was thinking, I, I want to do that job. I want to be someone's sense of relief if I can be and not, not even two months later, I was signed up for the Academy and, uh, I went summer of 2013 and I love my job. That's cool. That's very cool. You know, we've got about, uh, two minutes left and I do just want to make sure I thank you like for calling and being so open about this stuff and you didn't really you didn't dodge anything and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like going to be like you should ask more hard questions but just even just hearing you say I'm a regular cop on the streets and I think bad cops should be punished I'm a regular cop and I think people target you know people treat people of other races differently in my profession it's 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 uh just hearing that makes me feel like okay the, the theory, the theory I have that that people are human beings um, behind uniforms is 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 valid. So thanks for, thanks for that. No, thank thank you, Chris. Yeah, I, I, people people need to know that I, I'm sitting I'm sitting in shorts and a tank top, looking at my stupid dog in my apartment. I'm I'm a normal normal guy, and people seem to think that cops are cops twenty four seven. And no. Yeah. I'm drinking coffee watching YouTube before before I called you. What are you, you know? wa- what are you watching on YouTube? Um I was just watching uh Fail Army, watching watching people face plant and shit. That's cool. Like people like trip tripping and falling down steps and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because people are dumb. Yeah. You really are a pretty regular guy. <laughs> a regular guy at the end of the day. <laughs> Fail Army. Yep, absolutely. No, and yeah, I there are a bunch of kids in, in the town I work in who call me the funny cop, and that makes me happy. I, I, just, nice. I, I like to make people happy, you know? Well, it's nice, and thanks so sincerely. Thanks for, thanks for being one of the good ones and, and letting me know what it's like on your side, and thanks for letting me uh, kind of just voice some of the concerns of the uh, concerned among us. It's, it's, it's scary to deal Absolutely, with you guys. man. Scary to deal with you guys sometimes, but if, if everybody talked like, like you were talking to me right now, it would be a lot less so. I, I wish they did, man. And I appreciate you uh, you taking the time to talk to me. No, it's it's uh, it's my pleasure. And thanks for uh, thanks for trying to make people like me feel feel that relief. Absolutely, I'll try try to do that every day. I want to thank that caller for calling in and opening up. Let's everybody uh, remember that it sounded like a genuinely good dude with a lot of opinions on, on things that are right and wrong in his field and that is a field that is is, is well known for for maybe 
protecting its own, protecting its secrets, and and uh, and and that takes a lot of bravery to, to to put that out there on any level. And I thank our caller for letting us know about his perspective on his experience as a as a police officer and and his experience viewing the world and 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 with everything that's happening in the past couple of years in relation to this. Very very cool to hear that insider perspective. And remember. Uh, he pitched us that story by, by leaving a message on our voicemail. You can call it at 802-392-3288. No guarantees that we'll ever get back to you. Do not expect to hear anything, but we might leave a voicemail. Let us know if you ever want to talk what you want to talk about. I want to thank that caller for calling. I want to thank all you guys for listening. I want to thank the Reverend John Delore. I want to thank Greta Cohn, Jared O'Connell, Shell Shag, the intro music, my friends. You want to know more about me? ChrisGeth.com and... My off-Broadway show, produced by Judd Apatow, running right now, careersuicideshow.com. I keep meeting beautiful anonymous fans after the show, and it is really awesome. If you are a fan of the show, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It means so much. You have no idea how much it helps. Get out there, go for it. Let, let the world know that you enjoy this thing, and it will help keep us spreading. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, a sister scorned. You know, here at Earwolf, we do have an online store. And if you do wind up sharing this phrase, high potential chance I could actually sell it as a t-shirt. Well, the conversation was just kind of going like, you know, I can't believe you're reacting this way. Like, I thought, you know, we'd be able to talk about this, blah, 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 blah. And so the way I essentially ended the conversation was... I told her that I hope when she is fucking her boyfriend and his dick is in her mouth that she's thinking of me and thinking that his dick is worth losing her sister over. Okay, wait. Let's repeat that back because I got to get this down for the (laughs) t-shirt. That's next time on Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. In 1962, a mysterious strangler committed the first of 13 random murders, shocking Boston and the world. Who were these women, and why would anyone want to kill them? It was the largest manhunt in the city's history. What is Mary Sullivan's picture doing on the front page of the paper with the Boston Strangler? Fifty years later, the cases remain open. Stranglers, the new crime series from Earwolf. Subscribe now in iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.